This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast as we kick off what I guess you could say is a championship run for the Sooner softball team. We'll go more in depth on that in just a bit. Uh, But I think today is going to be about recapping an incredible weekend for both the softball team and the baseball team. We are joined right now by the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Would you say about as much fun as you've had with the baseball series for the Sooners this weekend? I mean, what an amazing weekend, Tiro. Yeah, I, I think it's the best college baseball series that I've seen. And I think um, there's probably some who have been around Sooner Baseball longer than I have. I'm sure there were some Bedlam series back at All Sports Stadium back in the day that would rival it, but I haven't seen a better one. Um, <laughs> three days of back-and-forth late-inning drama, not decided until the final at-bat all three days, and Oklahoma wins twice by walk-off. There's been some fun moments. Uh, We were talking about this weekend, the Jacob Evans walk-off against Kansas, the Garrett Carey walk-off home run in in Bedlam at the breakfast at the Brick uh, a few years back when they beat Andrew Heaney 1-0. Of course, they've made a couple of super regional runs in the last five or six years. But for a weekend of high-caliber, highly competitive, dramatic baseball, I, I don't know that I've seen one better than we just witnessed. You, uh, I, I've told the story a couple of times now, so for the podcast listeners, if you heard this, I apologize. But Friday night, when Savannah Long and I were in the post-game show, it was as, uh, I'm usually pretty good about doing a couple of things at the same time, like having the stat cast up and keeping track of baseball or, or Twitter and, and, and calling the game. Boy, Friday night when that Zaragoza play went down, Toby, that was a hard one. I hope that the, the, the audio of our postgame show is never heard because I started yelling and screaming uh, because cause no one knew what was going on because Zaragoza's down. The ball, I, I don't know if it was ever retrieved by anyone because immediately trainers are out there taking care of, Lu, uh, of Lu, uh, Lucan, right? Is that how you say the uh, first baseman's last name for TC? I mean, that was, Lucan Baker. That was as wild – and we didn't even end up winning that game in the end, but can you take us through what your perspective was on that bottom of the eighth on Friday night? It was a crazy game. OU's down. They they rally in the late end to take the lead. They go down again. Then in the bottom of the eighth, um, they have runners at second and third. I believe maybe the bases were loaded. Mm-hmm. And Zaragoza hits a dribbler back to the mound, but it had some English on it. And when it its final bounce, it kind of kicked to the right away from the pitcher, uh, just a few feet, but enough that he had to kind of stop and take another step and retrieve it. And when he did, he threw and his foot flipped a little bit. Sean Weimer was the pitcher for TCU. Uh-huh. Looked like he either slipped or he lost his balance. So the throw to the first baseman, Luke and Baker, which is of note, probably the most feared college baseball player in America. Wow. Luke and Baker is 6'5", 265, he put on an unbelievable show in the College World Series last year. He's an animal, um, and he's their first baseman. And the throw is up the line. He reaches for it and collides with Brandon Zaragoza, who weighs about 150 pounds. <laughs> and Zaragoza hits him in the arm, 
and Gary Goza goes flying, and Luke and Vake, the ball goes flying, the glove goes flying. Two runs scored to tie the game, which was almost lost in all that. We're in the bottom of the eighth inning, and OU just tied the game on the play. But Luke and Baker's injured, and you can tell he's injured severely immediately. It was almost an identical play to what happened to Austin O'Brien earlier this year. And he's grabbing for his arm, and the trainers come out, and Ross Subbard, our my color analyst, our color analyst for the Sooner Radio Network, thought it was broken immediately. I mean, that's how violent the collision was. Brandon Zaragoza, by the way, is on the ground still. He's injured his shoulder, which ended up impacting the series for OU later on. But it was it was a weird moment because OU scored two runs in a very important game in the bottom of the eighth inning to tie it, and yet there was a hush over the entire stadium because everyone, certainly TCU fans and and the educated OU fans as well, who are aware of what Luke and Baker means the TCU and the college baseball were aware at how big that moment was for TCU's chances of going to Omaha or even potentially winning a national championship this year. I mean, that's the equivalent of OU losing Buddy Heald or Baker Mayfield late in a a season when they're trying to win a title. And uh, fortunately, it looks like that maybe it's not as severe as what Austin O'Brien suffered. And Austin was back in 24 days. So hopefully Luke and Baker can come back for the postseason for them and still make an impact because TCU is a legitimate national title contender. But they would turn around and score in the ninth. Yeah. Win the game. that game. <laughs> o- OU uh, brought the tying run to the plate. The bottom of the ninth didn't get it done. You thought after that game was over, wow, what a great college baseball game. Back and forth. OU came up on the short end of it. But man, they showed some guts. Little did we know that was the worst of the three games. <laughs> All weekend. Because Saturday, the moment that Saturday gave us on uh, the Rene Martinez walk-off home run was an unbelievable moment. OU was behind all game. They're getting no hit. Perfect game through five innings by Brian Howard. They, they can't even sniff a base runner. And TCU's out to a 4 nothing lead, and it looked like one of those games where you know they're just going to kind of cruise, and the OU offense spent everything they had in game one. And sure enough, here they come. They, they rally, they get close, TCU puts another three-spot on the board to go up four again. They rally, they get close, they get within one in the eighth. TCU scores in the ninth to get a little separation, up two. Uh, bottom of the ninth, down two. Kyle Mendenhall hits a dribble to third. The throw across the diamond is high, and he goes diving underneath the swipe tag yeah. to get aboard. Huge play. Then with two outs, Jack Flansburg hits... Uh, a little duck snort in the center field that glances off the second baseman's glove. If he catches it, ball game over, TCU wins. There's two on now, and the winning run comes to the plate in the form of Rene Martinez. And, you know, how many times do you say, you know, he could potentially win it here, but it happens one in a thousand times, and sure enough, he gets a fastball and drills it. And I swear to you, Chris, when he hit it, you knew it had a chance. But that ball seemed to hang in the air for a minute and a half. <laughs> and it wasn't a no-doubter. I mean, he you're watching the left fielder. He goes back, measuring it. He's on the track. He's on the wall. It looks like he's got a chance. He leaves. And you're just holding your breath. Is he going to catch it and they're going to lose this game in the kind of fashion? 
Or is it going to go over the wall and they're going to win it in the most dramatic of fashion? Fortunately, you saw it disappear behind the wall, and it was just a, it was just an unbelievable moment. And that st- and that probably wasn't even the best game because I think <laughs> Sunday was even better. Uh, so, just it was it was a series when it was over. Yeah, Ross Hubbard and I said. I wish we could play again tomorrow because it was such a delight and such a treat to watch these two teams play and to watch Oklahoma really, you know, we've known they're good all year, but what they showed was some unbelievable character, talent, courage, all wrapped into one this weekend. It was a great weekend. All right, a couple of things. You talked to Ross Hubbard on your radio show. We're going to bring that interview to you next right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But on Friday night, I remember listening whenever I got back into Norman, and there was a swipe tag play at first. And Hubs had said, you know, you never want to go head first into first base. But, boy, there was a situation looking back where you kind of wish he might have. You fast forward to Saturday night, and Mendenhall does that, or Saturday afternoon, Mendenhall does that to give him the base runner in the ninth that kept the drive alive. And then, true or false, Ross Hubbard, when he walked down to the dugout for the post-game interview, says, yeah, I'm going to talk to the guy after he hits a walk-off. I didn't hear it ah. because it was after he left the booth, but I have talked to other people who did hear <laughs> him say, and I think he told Flenny on the way out the booth, and I think he told uh, Eddie Radovich when he was down at the camera well that this is going to be a walk-off. Uh, so he, he called it. Yeah, I think he absolutely called it. He filmed it from the dugout perspective or from just behind the dugout perspective on his iPhone. And we posted that video, but, um, you kind of, I mean, listen, Sunday, you kind of sensed it coming because it was nine to nine. You knew who OU was bringing up, uh, in the bottom of the ninth. And you knew if you could keep teasing from scoring in the top of the ninth, they had a great chance to win it. Saturday, the glory of Saturday was you never really believed OU was going to win that game until the ball goes over the wall because they were behind for three and a half hours. It was just an uphill climb. And every time they got close, TCU pushed back. And so I never led. I never led until Rene Martinez stepped on home plate to win it. Unreal. All right. So the call, take me through the call. There's been some magical Toby Rowland moments, the Jacob Evans walk off the buddy healed shot that counted and then didn't count. But I mean, this is this has got to rank. This has got to rank up there with one of your most emotional moments as the play-by-play voice of the Sooners. Swung on, lifted to left. That's deep. Back on it, Watson. Wall, and it's gone. It's gone. He did it. Rene Martinez did it. A three-run walk-off blast. Win column. Sooners. Game over. Oh, mama! Ha-ha! A dog pile at home plate. And OU takes game two. Nine to eight the final, and there will be a rubber game on Sunday. Wow! Yeah, I'm an idiot. (laughs) No, Um, you're not. It was awesome. I don't know. You've been there, Chris. Um, You know, you always tell, I always tell uh, young people who want to get into this profession, 
that the greatest moments are the ones that are unscripted. You know, the greatest moments are the ones that just happen, and then you just react. You know, you don't have something necessarily catchy you want to say, although I'm sure uh, I think that Obama came in there somewhere. But <laughs> Yes, it did. Yeah, you, you don't necessarily, you know, it just happens, and then your body kind of takes over, and you say whatever you say, and then, as you are well aware, Chris, you don't really remember what happened until you hear the playback. And then you kind of hold your breath and say, golly, I hope I didn't curse or say anything inappropriate or say the wrong name or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. Just, you know, it, it, you you try to capture the essence of the moment, and the essence of that moment was, holy cow, what just happened? Yeah, He just did a walk-off home run a senior in his final home series. Uh, by the way, TCU had beaten them nine straight games. Oh, I wow. Mean, the quest to beat TCU had been three years going. Hmm. And Renee Martinez had never beaten TCU. I don't think anybody on that team other than Austin O'Brien had ever beaten TCU. And, you know, they, they're well aware that uh, a series win this weekend gives them a great shot to be a regional host. And that goes out the window probably if they lose that game Saturday. And the moment was big. So you just, you know, you try to blurt out whatever comes to your brain and, and hope it fits the moment. So uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was, a, it, was a fun, it was a fun moment. It was awesome. We were, uh, for those that hadn't kind of had everything synced up this weekend, when Renee Martinez stepped in the batter's box, Nicole Pinley had just hit a two-run home run to give the Sooners their lead and their only runs of the game. And – you know, again, whenever I, I saw that it was tied in the ninth, we went ahead and went to Soonersports.tv and pulled up the feed because we, you don't have a monitor in your booth out there in Oklahoma City. And I remember because Macy Hatfield had just popped out, so there was a little bit of a lull in the action. And Savannah Long and I are sitting there. And as soon as Renee Martinez hit it, you know, no, we have no audio, obviously. I'm watching the left fielder. And in my head, I'm, I, I don't know if I said it out loud, Toby. I don't know, honestly. But in my head, I was saying, that's got a chance. That's got a chance. That's, that's gone. And, and we were in the booth during a lull in the softball game, and both Savannah and I jumped up and high-fived, and then I'm like, oh, wait, we got a softball game that we've got to call here. <laughs> and, and it was great because, you know, here we are in the middle of the softball celebration afterwards, and Patty Gasso was so excited whenever we told her about, hey, Oklahoma won on a walk-off over TCU. And I just thought that was cool to kind of get into the synergy between, um, between these two teams. Hey, real quick, before I, I, I guess in a, in a roundabout way let you run, but I know we've got your interview with Ross Hubbard coming up next. Will you share the story that you told on your radio show about Stoney going over to the TCU clubhouse after, or was it before yeah. the game on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Austin O'Brien injured his arm uh, earlier in the season and missed about three weeks, three and a half weeks. And I mentioned the Luke and Baker's injury is very similar. And that's what every, everybody immediately, as soon as it happened, thought the same thing. Because he reached for the ball up the line, the runner hits it, he grabs at his arm, and it was it was a other than looking going to the first base dugout instead of the third base dugout, it was the exact same play. Wow! And, and then the you know the injury reports start to come back on Saturday and Sunday. What has happened? And it's a similar injury, maybe not quite as severe. Nothing's broken, but it's it's very similar. And so, batting practice Sunday, 
both teams finished batting practice, and I'm walking. I've done my pregame interviews. I'm walking back up, and I notice Pete Hughes and Austin O'Brien walking across the field to the TCU dugout, which is it's not abnormal that Pete would go over there because maybe he needs to say something to Schlossnagel about, hey, you know, we're going to take infield at this time or whatever. Head coaches talk before games. But mm-hmm. for a player to go across the field is a little odd. And so I stopped and just kind of watched to see what happened. And they get over to the dugout and they approach Schlossnagel. And and you that's the TCU head coach. And, and you see him kind of point down up the ramp. And Pete pats Stoney on the back. And Stoney disappears into the TCU dugout and goes into their clubhouse. Which is really odd. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a one-one series going to Sunday of massive importance, and here goes the OU, you know, star slugger into the TCU clubhouse thirty minutes before the game. But he kind of knew. I mean, what's going on? Right. So I texted down to the OU club, the dugout, asking, you know, what was going on. Sure enough, uh, and I heard from Stony after the game. Um, you know, he had gone over there. He wanted to encourage Luke. You know, he wanted to share some words of encouragement for the DCU first baseman that he had been through a similar situation. Here's kind of the rehab that is ahead of you. Here's what to expect. And uh, I know it looks bleak now, but you're going to be okay. And you're going to be back out there before you know it. And I mean, this is a college kid. Yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> I who does that? You know, I mean, they're, they're, who does that? Who goes into somebody else's clubhouse before a game just to encourage the star on the other team who they know is going through a hard time. So uh, before that, there aren't too many kids I've ever covered that I hold in higher regard than Austin O'Brien. Maybe, maybe now afterwards, I don't know that there are any, I mean, I think the kid is just, I think he hangs the moon. He went on to uh, hit a three run home run and had the walk off single in that game. And it was appropriate because he was a star before the game. And he was certainly a star during it. The rally baby lives though. Toby. So with that said, who would you trust the most with your kiddos? Is there, I mean, outside of Stoney, right? I think we all agree that Stoney, is there, is there anyone that's babysitting worthy on this roster to take care of not just no. the rally? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Have you seen the way they handle that baby? I mean, like, none, of, none of those guys are touching my kids anytime soon. I promise you that. It's awesome. But, uh, no, it's a great, you know how college baseball is. College softball is a lot the same way. Those guys, those guys and gals aren't wired the same as right. all the other athletes. And they're turning hats around backwards, and they're lighting things on fire, and they've got a rally baby, and it's fun. And when you got special teams, sometimes you got crazy things like that. So I think it's just kind of a part of, of what they got going on right now, which looks like it might be pretty special. I appreciate you, Toby. Thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Blake. So, as we mentioned, T. Rowe and Ross Hubbard were on the call all weekend long, a series worthy of an entire podcast, and we'll do it. Here was Toby and Ross Hubbard from his radio show on Monday, just kind of giving you the vibe from the broadcast booth. You had the drive home and a night's sleep to think about it. Have you seen a better baseball series than that? No, I I haven't. and, and really on the ride home, and when I was really thinking, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about the bunt Renee laid down in the ninth. You know, uh, yeah. he, he hits the three-run jack the night before, and, and you just figured, and I really did not expect him to bunt right there. I, I didn't either. Tyler on second, I'm like, okay, you get Renee, you get Steele, or yeah, you get Renee, you get Steele, you know, Briley Ware, 
I was Stoney. I was expecting him to swing it and give us three chances, and then he lays down that beautiful bunt and, and makes it really easy. So uh, that series, amazing. I mean, we're going to remember that one for uh, for forever. That was a, a it had just about everything. So there was a little bit. I was thinking about that later too. There was a little bit of you know, kind of this. It's this is how it's done across to TCU in that sacrifice there. Because, you know, definitely, definitely, <laughs> uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, and that's the one thing we've talked about. You know, it's like when, when T- TCU, now granted, they've gotten Omaha three years in a row, so I don't think I need to be questioning anything Coach Schlossnagel does over there. But at some point, you feel like there's going to be a big A-B in the postseason for, for Omaha or for um, TCU, and they're going to have to lay down a bunt. And with only one on the year, you know, you kind of like to get a couple under each guy's belt just so they know what it feels like, right? Right. But uh, getting re- having Renee get that thing down, that just speaks to, you know, he can do it all, man. He, he's uh, – I went back and even watched his story again after this weekend and, you know, just seeing kind of his path and his journey and, and especially last year, Toby. I mean, we were going to Bedlam last year. Renee was the guy that they called off the bench to pinch hit. That's right. He was the late inning kind of defensive replacement guy. And, uh, you know, and I know Pete feels this way. I mean, no one saw this coming. This was a guy who had just really high character. He's a really good teammate. And, golly, he has been absolutely remarkable. Without Renee Martinez this year, I, I, I wonder what this Oklahoma club would be like because, uh, even as good as Steel Walker's been and and Stoney's been, I mean, Renee is your bona fide MVP. Uh, without him, I, I don't. Where's this club at? Yeah. Few stats. Uh, Twenty extra base hits this weekend. Steel Walker didn't have a single one of them. OU's now eleven and zero on Sundays this year, and they've won thirteen straight rubber games in, against Big Twelve teams. Uh, TJ was there for Sunday's game. He was not there for Saturday's game, Ross. I've tried to describe it to him the best I can, but you take your shot about what that moment was like. Well, first off, I, I went down on the field after Stoney's single, and, and first person I saw was, was ops guy Ryan Gaines, and I said, that's it? You know, it, here I, I just saw a walk-off three-run jack with two outs in the, in the ninth, down by two yesterday, and today it's – you know, it's it's a tied single, you know, where <laughs> you just kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, when I when I Ben Hollis doubles and Toby in my mind and, and I'm sure in your mind, I have never felt more of a sure thing. Um, but overall, just to recap the series, I mean, Friday night, you fall behind, you, you never get that. You know, you never get the lead. You got guys on, or you get the lead. You get guys on base. They answer, they answer, they answer, and you put two guys on in the ninth. And nothing happens. You lose the game. Saturday, same game. However, you get it done in the ninth. And then Sunday, it just, you, you, they, they shot you out of a cannon with a seven-run lead. And at 8-7 TCU, I I was saying, is this going to go down as a weekend that we remember for because of we blew a seven run lead on Sunday? Yeah, and the guys figure out a way to get it done. I mean, just a great baseball series. I mean, I, I would challenge that. 
show me another three-game series that has that intensity, that drama, the walk-off dramatics. Um, it was go back to Saturday all though. Around. Saturday, you leave the booth down two, and you you've actually filmed that walk-off from down there. Uh, but that's the one TJ wasn't at. Uh, talk him through that experience. Okay, yeah. So down two, obviously we give up one in the top of the ninth, TJ. So you give up one in the top of the ninth. We've we've continued to just give the lead back up after we've had big innings. Um, so top, top top nine, give up one. It's eight six. And we have the bottom of our lineup coming up, and it's it's pretty stout. You you've got the averages of of Dorenzo, um, Mendenhall leading off. Who was it? Was Zaragoza hitting still, Toby? No, he, yeah, he was out. He was out of the game, I believe. But Men, oh, it was Mendenhall leading. Flansburg. Yeah. So I mean, those guys collectively. If you, I, I I remember looking at the scoreboard, and it showed who's up next, and it's like, you know, one ninety two. 183 and 232, <laughs> and I'm like, man, uh, Feldman must be looking at this thing saying, okay, this is the best they got. Yeah, it gets and those guys, Feldman. man, claw their way back. And going down there, you know, I felt something was, was going to happen, and they had the right people coming up after those guys, and golly, they just – if it wasn't Renee Martinez, I, it would have been Steel Walker. I know that. Well, it was a great moment, uh, an incredible series. Uh, what, do you, what do you think their position is with one weekend to go? Do you feel like, you know, obviously they got more games to play here, but they got a shot now at least, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, moving up to 17, the RPI, I mean, it's, it's not going to take much, man. I think their resume is pretty stout. I mean, They've won series against TCU, Baylor, um, Texas Tech, Long Beach State. I mean, show me someone with a better resume at, at this point in the number one RPI conference. I don't know if you're going to find it. Um, they just, you know, I, how doom, how much doom and gloom we had, you know, four weeks ago Sunday against Kansas at home you know, trying not to get swept. And it's like losers of nine of our last 11. And to where we're at now, I mean, it, it, it's been a wild ride, and they've done it in such dramatic fashion. And I think really the, the icing on the cake and, and really the the main statement for hosting is, is this is this series win against TCU. You know, I, I think if, if you win one at Oklahoma State, I would feel really good about our host implications. I feel really great about them now, but you know, win one in Oklahoma State, and I think you got it. I mean, I, I just don't envision. I, d- I don't envision us not hosting now with with what we've done and, and what our resume says we've done. Well, great job, bud. You were great this weekend. Look forward to calling games with you uh, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City this weekend as well. I do too. Uh, I I hope the Sooner fans get out there. So you got Bedlam this week. Uh, this is the year when you'll play one game in Tulsa and two in Oklahoma City. So the Thursday game in Tulsa, come on, 918ers. Oklahoma State's got a solid presence. Let's get the Sooner Nation out there in full effect on Thursday night and then Friday and Saturday back in Oklahoma City. Cowboys have struggled. They've won their last five games. They're fighting, scratching, and clawing, trying to get into the Big 12 tournament. So they'll be a hungry team, primetime games, 
all weekend long. We caught up with one of our Monday regulars, Sooner Sports TV reporter Jessica Cootie, to kind of get her perspective on the amazing weekend for Sooner Baseball. You and I have covered a lot of baseball in the past, but I don't know if there's ever been a more wild three-game series than what we witnessed this weekend out at Mitchell Park. Oh, my goodness. I know. What an exciting series. What a uh, huge weekend for OU baseball. Um, Yeah, it was wild. I went out there on Friday and then um, watched on Saturday and – was doing Mother's Day stuff yesterday, but was following along. And so, um, man, so exciting. And, I mean, that's a huge win. Hate to see, you know, Luke and Baker go down the way that he did on Friday. Um, You know, I got a chance to work with TCU last year when I covered the Big 12 um, championship game uh, for Fox. And um, he's about uh, one of the nicest um, student athletes I've dealt with. So, um, you know, very good person so hate to see him um you know go down on friday and but um nevertheless they they're loaded and um you know they uh it was a huge huge win for uh ou baseball and then you had the you had the drama on saturday with the ray martin uh, renee martinez walk off which by the way jess it's kind of fitting you put together an awesome feature on him and then he's the hero in a must-win game on saturday yeah, and I do want to say this too because on Friday, you know, it was um, it was kind of up and down. You know, you yep. had the lead; they gave it back, and so I think that says a lot about this team that they could come back and win Saturday and Sunday because I think it could have been a pretty uh, kind of a downer after Friday because you you think you've got them on Friday night and you, you uh, feel pretty good about it um, several times during the game, and then to let them come back and win. Um, you know, for them to bounce back on Saturday. And that's kind of one thing you hear this baseball team say over and over and over again is that it's, you know, they're 0-0 when they start the day. They don't look at, um, you know, that, oh, we, we got the win last night, so we're 1-0. You know, they approach every every day like they have to win every day as opposed to, you know, looking at everything else around them. It's, it's literally every day is 0-0. And so that's kind of the approach that they've taken. I think it's really worked out for them. And, you know, it's kind of funny um, – some, at one point during my career here at OU, I used to have a jinx when I would do features on people, and um, it was kind of a running joke up here at Sooner Vision, but um, I'm pretty sure between um, Nicole Mendez and Renee Martinez, it's been reversed. I might be a good luck charm. <laughs> who was who was the last jinx that you had? Do you remember? I can't even remember. It was in football season, oh, and no. then it was like, and it wasn't so much like it was like, oh, they played bad. It was like they would come off amazing games, and so I'd do a feature on them, and then they wouldn't do anything the next the next week. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, and I think it maybe happened a couple times in basketball as well, but um, it's been a while. It's, uh, you know, um, so I can't really – I don't want to, like, bring it back or anything, but I do have to say that I definitely did not jinx Renee Martinez this week because, boy, he came up big, and – um, Toby's radio call was phenomenal, by the way. I'm just sad I couldn't include that in my feature. Like, why couldn't I do wait one more week to do the feature? Because that would have been awesome. Josie was out at the Big 12 tournament, and I think – I don't know if he said he had gone to his car or he was sitting and listening in his car to the, uh, to the final call, and he said it gave him chills. I thought that was awesome to see an AD that was that all in on it. But you know what, Jess? When you get a must-win like that, 
And then you have a walk-off on Sunday in a game that, I mean, let's, you blew a seven-run lead, and you still come back to hold off one of the best teams, not just in the Big 12, but in college baseball? Man, this, uh, this team has really been something fun to watch this year. Now, Oklahoma State's coming up this weekend. Do you feel like they've put themselves in a position to where they can host? I was just about to ask you that. Um, I mean, surely because, you know, talking to Brendan Flynn going into the Kansas State weekend, and he said, you know, we've got nine games left on the schedule, and he felt like if they could even go four and five, they, they're already in the postseason tournament without even needing to win in the Big 12 tournament play. But, man, if they had a big weekend, because I, I think – Last week, going into TCU, they were projected two seed. Right. So, if you have a big weekend over Oklahoma State, and then you even win a few games in the Big 12 tournament, you've got to think that they've done enough to be able to host at least a regional. I would agree. I would agree. And you know what? I don't know. I mean, I, all that RPI stuff, I, if I could ever figure it out in my life, then I I don't know. I'm not uh, retired because I like the the stuff that all happened with softball last night. I just uh, I, sometimes I just don't understand it. Hey, let me let me point this out. And obviously, it's been a a hot button issue with me, not just because of what happened with Oklahoma, but several other teams. I mean, it, Minnesota college college softball does the rankings. We've talked about this a lot. The playoff rankings. Minnesota was number seven, Jess, in the final playoff rankings. Which means that in the process of winning the Big Ten turn winning the Big Ten tournament, they somehow dropped not like one, not like ten spots from the final committee rankings to the actual unveiling of the tournament. So I don't know, it makes zero sense to me. So I've decided that I'm tapping out on the RPI, I'm tapping out on committee rankings because things change so much it's kinda hard to really get a gauge on it. And Whereas Minnesota 7, because I saw Graham Hayes, you know, who does a good job, mm-hmm. great job covering softball. Um, he had that they were ranked third. Oh, he had to be even higher than they did. Uh, Maybe that's, different, that's a different bracket, but he said we're, he had this tweet last night. I thought it was crazy. Where teams ranked third were seated in NCAA bracket. And then, like, he listed all the years. And so 2017 unseated. And then it was like three three eight three two two one four two in the last eight or ten years. Yeah, unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. But with that said, what Josh, you just had it up. Where was Oklahoma in the RPI for baseball? What was it, 17? Is that what 17th, that's correct. So, so you're sitting at 17, Jess, and you're playing in one of the toughest conferences in college baseball. I mean, again, I'm not going to try to project things too terribly far down the road, but I'll say this much, and I, and I don't know. I'm sure you agree. I really like how they're playing. I really like how this baseball team is playing. Well, I do, too. I, and, and, you know, um, one thing that they have said and said from the beginning is that um, they're, really, they're really close and they have great chemistry, and that, you know, it's just it's crazy how often that comes into play on the special teams throughout the year, um, throughout – my career here at Oklahoma, um, you know, the best teams have chemistry, right? Who right. said that? Um, so I just think um, it's it's kind of one of those years where everything's kind of clicking and, and it kind of goes back to how well they like each other and how well they're getting along um, off the field. Speaking of, what is, um, what is OSU's RPI, Oklahoma State? Uh, you still have that up, Josh? Josh had the RPI rankings up. I I. I don't think it's too terribly high because they've been struggling quite a bit so far this season. As a matter of fact, uh, they were in a position to where they could find themselves left out 
of the uh, Big 12 tournament. So I th- I know how about this much? A uh, 67th. So they fell from 58th to 67th from this past weekend. So um, yeah, I don't know because what six the top 16 teams. So they're right there. They're mm-hmm. on the on the bubble. So if they can, you know, again have a few more uh, pretty big weeks and take care of business this weekend, because that's what we I was talking to Craig Moran. You know, who yep. works up here at Sooner Vision was the longtime uh, baseball SID, and he said, you know, Oklahoma State because you know, like you said, they're they're on kind of hanging on to even get into the Big 12 tournament. And so they're going to come out with, you know, basically everything on the line um, here this weekend because, you know, if they get swept and Kansas State wins a few, then they're they're out. So, um, I mean, I don't know what Kansas State has left. I haven't looked at the whole schedule. But I know we were looking at the um, – I was looking at the standings yesterday, and I think Kansas State's only a game or two behind Oklahoma State. So – you know, Oklahoma State's going to come out fired up and ready to go. So it's it's no um, cakewalk for OU, and plus it's bedlam. So, you know, um, still a lot on the line this weekend. Pretty special weekend for Sooner softball and not allowing a run and rolling through the Big 12 tournament. I thought it was as, as good as this pitching staff has been all season long. Yeah, I think everybody is um, just really right. They're playing – the best that they've played all season, and I liked what you know Coach Gasso said, is we're a different team than we were in February and March, and that's the goal. That's the goal for every sport, every that competes, you know, throughout the year in college athletics. You want to be better at, and playing your best at the end, right? So, right. Um, I yeah, Paige Parker and um, is just she's. I don't know. I mean, I just you run out of things to describe her with because we said last season she did so much, and I liked what um, I think. I think it was Megan Willis that was doing the broadcast, and she said, you know, there were times during the College World Series that you felt like, I mean, you could just tell it was literally everything she got in every single pitch because she was so gassed. And now, I mean, she looks so fresh, right? At this time last year, you could tell she was getting. I mean, she was she was still pitching really well, but she was having to carry so much of the load that now I think we're really seeing, um, you know, the best of Paige Parker and then Paige Lowry. Again, she just it's so difficult to face those two back to back and only getting an inning maybe two to see Paige Lowry. It's hard to catch up to her speed, you know. Even um, you know when especially when you're kind of trying to adjust to Paige Parker and, and all the junk and the way she spins it, and then you just go straight to just straight gas. It's hard to adjust to that. And so they're almost just shutting people down just immediately once you get to the fifth fifth or sixth inning with the lead. Um, and then you're, you're seeing the bats from top to bottom really get going. So, I mean, yeah, I, I really like the way that they're playing heading into the postseason. Kind of feel a, a lot similar to, to where, um, you know, this team was a year ago. You know, it's interesting because I it, Coach Gasso was giving me some grief because I used the term giddy in describing how excited they are about having a staff. But, you know, it, there's some people that look back to last year, Jess, and I'm glad you brought that up, that saw how dominant Paige was and thought, well, she just needs to pitch more. She just needs to pitch more. I don't think anyone really understands, and I don't think Paige would ever truly tell you how – challenging, trying, exhausting that was. I mean, I, I it took her a long time to recover uh, recover physically from it. And anyone who thinks that she needs to work more, I, she's going to work plenty. 
But the fact that they have a Paige Lowry, a Mariah Lopez, a Nicole Mendez that's developed as a nice little change of pace over the last few weeks, Jess, this is exactly what this team needs. And I got to be honest with you. I think I might be crazy. I hate how it played out with the 10 seed, and I hate that they would be on the road for a Super Regional. But you always love having a chip on your shoulder, right? So isn't it kind of good to have, if you need any extra motivation, to have a little bit of an extra chip on your shoulder? Yeah, and that's that's when this team plays best. I feel like in, in not just this year, not just last year, but throughout, um, you know, Patty Gasso's career here, if you look at and and you know, she talks about it, it's a, you know, blue-collar type program, and, um, you know, this team and um, her teams have always played better when, you know, people do doubt them. And um, I think that's what really lit a fire under them last year is that everyone's, you know, they're a few years away and they're, no, we're going to be good and we're going to be good right now. And, um, yeah, so I think now even more they've got to be a little bit more fired up. That again, how do you not give the national defending national champions the respect of, of, you know, I felt like they didn't, didn't, didn't respect the national champions, the defending national champions. And with so many of the people that they've been on that stage, they won it a year ago. Um, you know, they've got how many people that made an impact on that team last year in a big way and know what it takes to get there and how to win it. And you're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like that's got to be very motivating for this team. Jess, what are you working on this week? What's on the feature docket for, well, I guess the first week without students as, I guess, in a roundabout way, summer's begun, right? Yes, um, but it doesn't slow down oh, no. yet because we still have a lot of really good teams. Um, I'm really excited. Got a lot of great features in the works um, coming up the next couple of weeks. I've got one. Um, I told you guys on Friday that uh, Quentin Griffin has uh, come back to receive his degree so coming up, and there's actually several big name um, alumni from OU football that are getting their degrees this summer or um, got them this weekend. And um, John Rohde's going to do, he's working on a, a big written piece with that. And then I'm, I caught up with Quentin Griffin. So I'm working on that right now. That's why I was texting you this morning about, um, you <laughs> know, watching, yeah, watching OU's defense back in, in, uh, in 2000 was um pretty uh yeah it was they had some guys and so that'll come out um today or tomorrow um depending on when they want to release it i've got um a feature i'm gonna sit down today and do interviews on coach lombardi it's her 20th season and just kind of you know from playing with for coach gasso to um you know becoming her longtime assistant and arguably one of the best pitching coaches in the country um just kind of talking about her going into her 20th postseason now um into that um i already did the interview so that'll be coming out next week on stoney o'brien but i am going to do some investigative journalism with the um rally baby oh okay okay can i can i help get you started are you well, i do i do okay. know a little bit of it i'm just going to do a little bit i'm gonna have a little little fun play on it so there you have it another action-packed edition of the sooner sports podcast now I've got a lot of thoughts on softball, and I kind of saved it to the till the end, if only just to continue it until our Friday episode, which will, for those of you that are night owls, it will post, uh, I think it's at about 3 a.m. on Friday mo- uh, morning. 
I, I really think what the selection committee did is wrong, and not just for Oklahoma in sitting at a 10 seed, but I really think there was an egregious error that was made in how things were laid out for Minnesota. Minnesota was seventh in the final committee rankings, and somehow they dropped almost 10 spots. I mean, they weren't even a top 16 seed. So I think there's a lot of questions for the selection committee about how things went down. But I'll say this. I, I like the way this team has played on the road this year. I like anytime you can have a, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, and I think that's what this team has right now. So to, to me, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation from, um, from the perspective of fighting and scratching and clawing and doing everything you can to end up as a top eight national seed. But as has been the case, there's always this magnet drawing OU and Auburn together. So if the Sooners get out of their Norman Regional, which is incredibly challenging, I think that they'll be playing with a chip on their shoulder to have to go on the road and prove that they were worthy of a top eight seed. But we shall go in depth with a complete preview of the Norman Regional coming up this week on the tailgate. I want to thank Jessica Cootie, Toby Rowland. I want to thank uh, Ross Hubbard. I want to thank you for downloading. We're going to have some changes to the way in which the Sooner Sports Podcast is delivered. And all I can... All I can really say is uh, is I know it's kind of frustrating whenever I ask you to, hey, we're going to start subscribing through this, but I think it'll be easier. It will help us to track our numbers, which are always important, uh, and it will only involve maybe one or two clicks for you. So uh, I'll just kind of start telling you that Soonersports.tv slash podcast, there's a player there with the podcast that has a subscribe button on it. You can subscribe through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whichever way you want to consume the podcast. Go and subscribe to the Sooner Sports Podcast through that at Soonersports.tv slash podcast, and you will always be guaranteed to get the latest episodes and all the inside scoop on Sooner Athletics. And I'll have more details on some of the changes coming to our delivery method and our, and our download capability over the next few episodes. Everyone have a great week. It should be a fun weekend for baseball. It's going to be a great weekend for softball. And until Friday's tailgate, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 